1 Corinthians outlines supernatural spiritual gifts offered to the church body through Holy Spirit. Three of the gifts mentioned are faith, healing, and miracles. Interestingly, Jesus operated in these gifts throughout the Gospels as expressions of love, compassion, and ultimately offering the most precious gift, himself. Join us as we unpack the biblical definitions, scriptural examples, and then transition to modern-day verified accounts of faith, healing, and miracles, all being done in the name of Jesus. I am Mark Russick, and you are listening to The Russick Outlook. As always, just my opinion. Hello, everybody, and good day. Thank you for joining. This is Mark Russick. You're listening to The Russick Outlook. So glad you're with us today. Uh, I am in studio with my special guest, Holy Spirit. And some people may think that's a little bit outlandish. Not for me. Um, you know, Holy Spirit lives in me, reigns in me. I've accepted Jesus, and, and I, I, I have the Holy Spirit in my life. And a big part of what I want to do in these uh, this this mini three-part section that we're doing, and it's an overarching series, where I want to tap into... Uh, the the power, the gifts, the presence, uh, what 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 the impartation of Holy Spirit means as as defined in Scripture, as as what does the Word of God have to say about it? We're going to look at modern day examples of these particular gifts, as well as citing the biblical examples, not only in the Gospels but in the Old Testament and with the disciples of Jesus. We're going to cover it all because these are modern day uses. This you know when. when um, the Apostle Paul says that these are the gifts of the Spirit, and they are available to us, which is really why I, you know, I want to bring this up. And I cited this in the last uh, um, uh, broadcast, where I think oftentimes Holy Spirit is kind of pushed to the back of the room. Uh, we concentrate on on Jesus, and that's certainly you know understandable and admirable and 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 right. There's nothing wrong with that, uh, as well as the Father. Um, but Holy Spirit is who is inside of us. He is, he is the uh, the representation of the Lord in our bodies. Excuse me, alive and well. Um, so you know this this is how uh, what, what I'd like to go through here today and, and examine what the Bible has to say and and how we can utilize it. And for some of you, you know, you, it may be a refresher and. It, uh, but I, I promise you there are things in here that you're going to hear and see if you're watching us on video that you'll love. And speaking of that, please, if you can, I would really appreciate if you could hit the like and the subscribe button um, and, and subscribe to whatever the channel it is that you're watching and hit the bell, um, whether it's YouTube or some of the podcast platforms. And there's usually a method to share, to share the information. We also do postings on social media, if you could share that. And the purpose is to get the information out, to, to get the information into the hands of believers and non-believers, because I, I, you know, my purpose is to engage and to bring people to, to the truth. And, and as I've said many times before, I hope I'm not a broken record, but that's what I'm about. I'm about searching for truth and and looking at examples outside of the Bible and and looking at uh, modern day testimonies and eyewitness accounts and things that we can verify, uh, not only to substantiate what the Word of God has to say, but to back up other things that we see around the world that may be related to to the Bible or not. 
So I'll get off my soapbox there. Um, no, I won't. I'm going to ask you one other favor. Please, if you could, jump onto the RussickOutlook.com and join our email list. I'm asking you to please join our email list. It informs you of new things that are coming out, new topics, um, and, and we don't do anything with it. And now I'll get off my soapbox and get into this. So again, Jesus plus Holy Spirit equals faith, healing, and miracles. So it, it starts with 1 Corinthians 12. For those of you who were with me in, in the last broadcast, you know what I'm talking about here. Uh, but let me read the, the scripture here. This is the Apostle Paul saying, To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another of knowledge, the, by this, and by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, gifts of healing by that Spirit, and miraculous powers. So those are the three that we're going to concentrate on. It goes on to say another prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another in the interpretation of tongues. And I've broken this down again into three, uh, the nine gifts, three groups of three. We covered wisdom and knowledge and spiritual discernment today, faith, healing, and miracles. And the next broadcast, we're going to get into tongues, prophecy, and the interpretation of tongues as defined by the, the, the inspiration under the Holy Spirit. Um, these gifts of the Spirit surpass man's understanding, which is why I say they're supernatural gifts. They go outside of the realm of man's natural ability. So the the I, I titled this last week the three part series the roar of Holy Spirit, and the reason I'm saying that is because again we don't tap or I my my um, my my analysis or my observations is we don't take advantage of all of the gifts of the Spirit not only in terms of these supernatural gifts but the natural gifts I've outlined them here on video helps administration, service, giving, leadership, mercy, hospitality, encouragement. These are gifts that everybody has, everybody. And I've, I've, I've done a teaching on this. In the future, we'll be doing a, uh, a teaching on the ministry gifts of the Holy, of the church body in Ephesians 4.11, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Um, I, I personally believe there are apostles and prophets. I know there are a lot of people out there today who are saying that they're not apostles and prophets uh, in ministry today, and I'm not going to kind of get into that right now. Um, but, you know, when we do cover that, I, I do want to bring forth why they're saying it, uh, because, you know, they have valid reasons. And, and But I just, you know, the way I look at Scripture and the examples I see, I... I I, I wanted to bring that out. And again, it's because I'd like to bring, you know, both sides of the equation out there and ultimately it's up to decide. And then fruit of the spirit. And I, you know, you think that this is overlooked, but it shouldn't be because it, it's a testimony. It's a tool. When you're operating in love and joy and peace and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness, you know, that is the effectual, effectual use of the tools that that Holy Spirit has placed in you, of the giftings, of the of the love of the Spirit, and speaking of faithfulness, you know, I, I know that we see this here in the fruit of the Spirit. I'm going to show you that is different than the supernatural gift of faith. And then I just cite up here in Acts what I said earlier that Jesus commanded his uh, apostles and disciples to wait for Holy Spirit. So faith, healing, and miracles, these are what's called extramental gifts. They're outside of the mind or your, your intellect. 
Uh, it refers to a special impartation of faith that is for the common good. It is differentiated from saving faith and faith that is the fruit of the Spirit. And I'll break that down shortly, meaning that when you know you come and accept Jesus into your heart, you need faith to do that. That's not what we're talking about, and that's not the faith that is the fruit of the Spirit that God will bring you or, or will, will, will be present in a certain situation. We're talking about a supernatural uh, move of faith here. And uh, the gift of faith is the first in Paul's list uh, that is not essentially mental. This, this is extra mental gifts. Unlike the word of wisdom and knowledge, the gift of faith together with the success of four gifts, meaning healing, miracles, prophecy, and discerning of spirits, are extra mental. Those are the ones that are outside of the mind. It often produces an immediate context for the exercise of the two gifts that follow, healing and miracles. So these are the ones we're concentrating on. The gift of faith is variously apportioned to individuals within the body, and it can lead to extraordinary effects. And I should say this, that all of these gifts are available to the body doesn't mean you're necessarily going to have them or going to operate them or flow in them. That is for the Holy Spirit to decide. And I would say my observation is some of that is contingent upon your walk with the Lord. You know, can he trust you with this gift? Uh, will you do what he is is giving you that mission to do? Because ultimately, if you're operating in these gifts, it should be bringing glory to God. Uh, so, you know, keep that in mind. And I've noticed over the years in watching people who I believe are good examples or I, I admire their walk with the Lord, and I've seen them, what I would say, graduates. You know, they may be operating in a certain gift at times, and then maybe five, ten years later, I see them operating in a different gift. And I think, and and, and, and again, my opinion, I, I think it's because the Lord can trust them because he's seen them through certain things. Uh, so that's, you know, uh, again, that's my opinion. So there are three kinds of faith. There is the saving faith that we talked about, that you trust Jesus for salvation. There is the fruit of the faith, uh, which is a faith that develops through abiding by Christ. So you know, the more you walk with Jesus, the more you study his word, the more you confess his word, the more you put his word into action, meaning you know, uh, I, I believe it's James where you said you want to be a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Those are the two different kinds of faith outside of what we're talking about. The gift of faith is an empowering faith from the Holy Spirit that comes upon the believer at a certain time. This is the type of faith that will move mountains, 1 Corinthians 13, 2. Uh, the gift of faith empowers the believer to trust God for supernatural protection. It brings peace in great danger. It is a state of blessed assurance in the face of death. Let me shoot right away to Daniel as an example. Daniel and the lion's den. Everybody knows this story. I'm not going to go through it, but he had the faith to to trust God um, that, that he would be supernaturally protected. And Daniel is probably one of, well, he's definitely one of my favorite books and favorite individuals that I see. Uh, for a whole variety of reasons. He had extraordinary faith, extraordinary courage, vision. Um, he was articulate. He was talented. He was, he was uh, um, welcomed in the king's court, two different empires, and uh, so forth and so on. But it says in Daniel 6.22, my own God sent his angel to shut the mouth of lions. 
So there we see that, that Daniel has that testimony in his back pocket moving forward. Once he's taken out of the lion's den, he saw the Lord deliver him. Talk about Jesus having the faith that, you know, where he's surrounded at times and there's uh, the the instance in Luke 4.30 where the people are coming at him, there's a crowd and they're swarming all around him and some may, may want to kill him or injure him and he just has the faith and he walks through the midst of them even though that he knows they want to kill him. Acts 12.5-6, Peter could sleep in prison even knowing that James had been executed because he had that faith, faith, <laughs> peace and faith. Oh boy. Um so, you know, those are some scriptural examples. I'm going to t- flip this up to modern day, what I think anyway, is COVID-19. Um, I happen to know of some incredible, uh, uh, what you may call first responders, doctors, nurses, nurses' aides, all of the people in the hospitals. Um, and, and I know some of them, you know, in, in the midst of this horrible disease that was facing them, they were, they were confessing and believing that Jesus had given them faith to withstand through for those situations. And not only that, they, they wound up testifying and, and being uh, a, a testimony to the goodness of God in these hospitals, in these wards. These are incredible men and women um, who had incredible faith and have incredible faith. And I believe there are probably thousands of instances that you know we don't know that God is moving around the world. And, and some of these things I'm going to point out to you that I, I think you might not be familiar with. But, you know, these are the three different kinds of faith. I just wanted to kind of outline that for you. Hopefully that's clear that you have the gift of faith for salvation, the fruit of faith, the fruit of the Spirit. But we're talking about the supernatural empowerment of Holy Spirit giving you that faith. Why is faith necessary? Today, uh, it's necessary today for the exact same reasons it was necessary in, in, in the New Testament and the Old Testament. Uh, the gift of faith is is considered one of the best gifts. Uh, you know, some people may may, may agree or disagree. Uh, it's less spectacular than miracles, uh, but you need faith in order to enact miracles. Uh, Jesus spoke about an evil and adulterous generation that seeks after a sign, so that miracle could be a sign but also your faith in, in a certain situation can also be a sign. And, and, and I think, you know, um, signs and wonders we should be believing for because Jesus said that, that this generation, unfortunately, many need to see those miraculous signs. And at times that's God's decision. Uh, that's how he'll, he'll bring them into the kingdom. Or, you know, maybe they, they see it and they still don't believe. They have a cold heart or a stubborn heart. The gift of faith trusts God through the trials without any great show of power. Uh, it it kind of brings you through the storm. Um, the world admires great lo- uh, miracles, but the Lord loves to see faith. Let me say that again. The world admires miracles, but the Lord loves to see faith. Jesus calmed the storm. That was a miracle, but he needed that faith, the, the faith that let him sleep through the storm. And then when, you know, push came to shove, he, he, he rebuked the storm as, as a sign of a miracle. Um, think about the, 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 um, uh, the centurion that came to him uh, for, I believe it was his son or, or, or friend, I, I, I can't remember which, um, 
but Je- you know, Jesus said, where is he? And he said, you don't need to go there. Just, you know, I'm a commander of the armies. I know what authority is. You have that authority. Just say the word. And Jesus just turned around and said, you know, greater faith has I not seen. So that faith moved, I believe, uh, not only on, on the centurion, but also on Jesus. Um, it makes a way in impossible situations. Uh, it, 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 yeah, I mean, you're going to believe for the impossible. Uh, think about Lazarus when he was raised from the dead. Uh, you know, they, they came to him, you know, Jesus, we need you. Jesus was in no rush. He knew that Lazarus was what he would class, or the world would classify as dead, but he knew that when he got there, that he would be raised from the dead because of his faith and then hence the working forth of miracles. Uh, he had absolutely no doubt. He approaches the tomb and it says, Lazarus, come forth. So just with those words, he speaks those words and Lazarus rises out uh, from, from behind the, um, uh, the, 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 the tomb, I guess, that they, they put him in. Um, it is necessary to bring deliverance to those who are bound. Matthew 17, 14 through 21, a father brings his devil which is is possessed, his son, I'm sorry, to his disciples, but they couldn't deliver him. And they went to Jesus and they said, why can't we cast him out? And, 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 and basically Jesus rebuked him. He said, you don't have the faith. Uh, the disciples had a delegated authority. Jesus gave it to them, but they did not have that faith in them. Uh, in the Acts of the Apostles, Peter and, and Philip later, they cast out unclean spirits. This is after the resurrection. Um, I, you know, whether seeing Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, I'm sure gave them more faith. But but because of that, they were able to do that. Uh, um, then the gift of faith uh, produces unstoppable determination. When you walk with the Lord and, you know, and you're confident in that, you, you'll stand in faith. You'll stand in believing. And sometimes, you know, you won't always get it, the answer, uh, you know, the way that you want it when, and when you want it. But if you stand and you believe that the Lord spoke to you, and it's called a rhema word, you know, pause, think that, that it's a direct word from God, and it empowers you to, to trust God that there will be supernatural protection, supernatural provision, no matter what it is, that you can believe for the impossible. This is what we're talking about. So I wanted, as I said, I, I wanted to just bring out a couple of people that you may not be familiar with, and, and, and there are many. Um, I'm, I'm citing three missionaries here that operated with extraordinary faith. I really encourage you, if you can, look them up on the internet or maybe find some books on them. These are heroes in the faith, I believe. Uh, Hudson Taylor, the China Inland Mission from the late 19th century, uh, dying in 1905 in the early 20th century, Gladys Alward over in China, and Willie Burton and his wife uh, from the late 19th century into the 20th century. He had the Congo Evangelistic Mission. These are great missionary pioneers that trusted the Lord. They did not have a church backing. You know, oftentimes today, and this is wonderful, uh, you know, there are so many churches that are backing different missionaries in different parts of the world, and a lot of them are, you know, they're they're tough parts of the world. They're they could be some very nasty nations, or or uh, you know, um, what's the word I want? You know, not not exactly welcoming the gospel in in their home, or you know, third world countries, tough natural conditions, poor, oppressed, 
uh, all of these situations. All three of these encountered this. I'm going to give you some things that I I thought was wonderful with Gladys Alward when she went to China. She went with a one-way ticket. She felt that call from God, that 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 uh, impetus from from the Lord, and she moved with faith. She you know she knew that she was where she was going, and she wasn't coming back. She was going really to help the children there, um, and. She was trying to rescue, or she did wind up rescuing from from very dangerous situations. Um, and you know, she came to a river and they couldn't cross it. And interestingly enough, if you look up this story, the children spoke about how the Lord parted the Red Sea. And then all of a sudden, now, so this is the children with faith from being with her. Uh, the the somebody called and they see her and what are you doing? And he whistles across, and all of a sudden, river boats started appearing. And boats came and took the children and Gladys, and they took it to the other side of the river into safety. So here you see, you know, this this absolute gift of faith, and it produces a miracle that she couldn't even uh, understand. You know, it's not like she's going to believe somebody's going to appear with a boat, but she just trusted God. And and there's many other examples of others, but if you look up Willie Burton, Hudson Taylor, and I'm going to give you one other one. Um, there, there's another gentleman named George Muller. Um, he he had a, an incredible gift of faith, uh, and and he was in some very very difficult situations. He lived a life of faith. Uh, the fruit of faith was very dominant in his life. Uh, many times he just had to trust the Lord no matter what. He was guiding and protecting and rescuing orphans in Bristol, um, and he just trusted God. Um, and, and, and it was so much more than what the example of the fruit of faith. He took these orphans, and he loved them. He provided for them. I'm going to just re- recite a, a quote from him. It says, The longer I go on in this service, the more I find that prayer and faith can overcome every difficulty. And and to me, you know, you can draw upon Hebrews 11, which is considered the heroes of the faith, the faith hall of fame, if you will, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Sarah, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and so forth and so on. Um, these are all wonderful people, wonderful examples of, of, of extraordinary faith. But I, I think there are modern-day examples of people with extraordinary faith, too. And I believe that, you know, that cloud of witnesses it just may be cheering or did cheer some of these people on that I talked about. Um, so what I'd like to do is just give you a very brief example of a, of a video a story coming up where it, it, it not only shows you George Muller's faith, but then what happens as a result of his faith, miracles happen, an absolute miracle in, in nature, and in that miraculous move in nature, salvation came uh, to, to somebody who he was with. So I'm not going to... Uh, I, I hope not to ruin it. Just uh, let, 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 me, let me just cut to this next video. It's just about two minutes or so, uh, but I, I really think you'll enjoy it. Through the Lord's orphanage, Muller had achieved his goal to give a visible proof that God is real. At the age of 70, Muller showed no signs of slowing down. He wanted to do more to glorify God. I'm visiting the Muller Museum in Bristol to meet Sarah McFadden to learn more of the miraculous events that occurred in Muller's later life. Well, welcome. This is the George Muller Museum in Bristol. Fantastic, isn't it? And look at this timeline that's up here. 
And, and I think the amazing thing I find about Muller is he's, he's done all these things, and then you get to 70, when most people are thinking about retiring, and he suddenly begins a new ministry. Uh, yeah, so George Muller travelled 200,000 miles over a period of 17 years. He did all of this before aviation, so he travelled by boat and even by rickshaw when he was in India. He went as far afield as Australia and New Zealand, and also when he was in the US, he was actually invited to meet the sitting president at the time, President Hayes, at the White House. Quite amazing, isn't it? I mean, really, transport was very, very basic, wasn't it? It'd be by horse and cart the majority of time. Yeah, absolutely. George Muller would be away from Bristol for up to two years at a time on his preaching tour. One particular story, isn't there, where he was desperate to get to somewhere he was due to preach, and fog descended, and the captain said, there's nothing we can do. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the captain tells the story that he was heading to Quebec um, and he'd been on the bridge of the ship for 22 hours straight um, and he was quite startled when he got a tap on his shoulder and it was George Muller and George Muller let the captain know that he needed to be in Quebec uh, in a few days time for a speaking engagement and the captain said it's impossible yeah. there's, there's no way George Muller said maybe we should pray about it so George Muller and the captain went down to the chart room and the captain actually was a bit begrudging uh, in doing it and wondered what lunatic asylum this person <laughs> was from um, but George Muller prayed um, and asked God to lift the fog so that he could get uh, to Quebec in time um, uh, Isn't there an interesting PS on that story? The captain then thought, I'd better pray. Yeah. And, and, and Muller said, no, and he stopped him. Why? He did. Uh, George Muller said that, no, he didn't need to pray because he felt that God had already answered his prayer and invited the captain to go outside and look. And indeed, when they went outside, the fog had indeed been lifted. And he got to his meeting in time and... He did, absolutely. And the captain was actually an unbeliever before this happened and, and he attributes his coming to faith to this encounter with George Muller. I mean, that's what Muller's life was all all about, wasn't it? Um, seeing the miraculous in order that people then would be attracted to the faith and become believers. Absolutely, yeah. Just a part of his everyday life. So I hope you enjoyed that. I, you know, that, I, that, that was just such a wonderful testimony and such a wonderful example. And that's how I, what I was talking about, faith and miracles, and it brought, brought salvation. So let me transition to gifts of healing. First of all, it says gifts, gifts, S, plural. Uh, mentioned uh, three uh, three times, and all three times, it's gifts. There are gifts of the supernatural for healing diseases and infirmities without any natural means. This is, goes beyond medicine. Uh, we can certainly pray for the doctors, pray for the surgeon, pray for the nurses, um, and, and that they would speak the Word of God and they would be guided by angels, whether they're believers or not. Um, and, and, and you want to do that, and you should do that, and I believe that those prayers are heard and answered at times, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something that's, that's beyond this. The Lord Jesus forced it into prominence by innumerable deliverances that he wrought in his public ministry. He did so by the authority that he gave, turns around and gave to the disciples to accomplish the same beneficial works with the same endowment. We have so many examples of Jesus not only healing the sick, but then others after him, uh, disciples and friends and, 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 and whatnot, uh, family members. Um, 
So the workings and the purpose of these gifts uh, of healings as seen in scriptures, it, it, it's meant to, to do this. Number one, it's, it establishes the, what I'm going to say is the astonishing claims of Jesus. It delivers the sick to destroy the works of the devil in the human body. It authorizes the gospel message as you preach it or preach by God's servants. It establishes the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus really did rise from the dead. And if, if you're laying hands on somebody and they're healed and delivered, maybe they didn't know beforehand, they're going to believe afterwards. It draws people in to the sound of the gospel. It turns people to God. It convinces unbelievers of the truth of God's word, mysterious as though it may be. It brings glory to God. It inspires faith and courage in God's people. These are all of the things that this establishes and produces as a work of the gifts of healing in you or people that you know or in your church or ministries and so forth. Now let's close with the gift of miraculous powers. Uh, we, we see this in the Old Testament, uh, but interestingly enough and, and throughout and oftentimes the Lord will say, what do you have? What is in your hand? I'm giving you the example of Aaron or Moses uh, where, you know, stretch out what you have with the shepherd's rod as, as seen in Exodus. Then you think of the widow woman at Zarephath where she has her last flower and oil, but it miraculously never runs out. Or the widow with the two sons, and she's told to borrow as many vessels as she could get. She's broke. She's destitute. But yet that's that's the instructions that, that she's given. And then she had to sell the oil. But the miracle power of God comes in and, and it delivers and gives them a short-term business that cleared out all of the debts and it supplied all of her, her daily needs. And you can see this in 2 Kings 4, 1 through 7. Miracles define natural laws. Um, uh, they're, they're, I'm going to give you two mind-blowing examples. Um, the, the concerning the rotation of the earth, where Joshua commanded the sun and the moon to stand still. The purpose was that he needed more daylight uh, to, to accomplish the battle, to win the victory. And interestingly enough, this is seen in several other accounts, meaning daylight all of a sudden lasted an, another uh, day or half day. I forget how, how much longer. I think it was maybe 10 hours. I'm sorry, I, I forget. You can find it, look it up in Joshua 10, 7 through 14. But what I wanted to say is there are accounts outside of the Bible of um, uh, uh, peoples or civilizations, or I shouldn't say that, cultures, in surrounding areas. And they all testified that the sun stood still and the daylight extended. So and it, and that's all they that that's all they said. They didn't know why it happened, but this is account written down and accounted for uh, in, in other work in other in other works, I should say. Um, then in Second Kings twenty one through eleven, the shadow goes back ten degrees. Hezekiah was asking for a sign that would confirm his word, and and he said that the shadow will go backwards. Now everybody knows you walk; the shadow walks in front of you. This shadow walked backwards, and that was the sign. That was that's a miracle sign that God gave Hezekiah. Um, a miracle is either a creative work of the Holy Spirit or an act of Holy Spirit that defies the laws of nature. It is empowered for the believer by the Holy Spirit uh, to meet at a particular time. It is God who empowers. It is the believer who acts. I'm going to say that one more time. It is God who empowers, meaning Father, Son, Holy Spirit, given to you by Holy Spirit, but it is the believer who acts. The believe You must act out what God's instructed you to do. 
Um, it, 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 the working of miracles is, it means more than, than prayer for a miracle. This is the actual action of the, of the miraculous itself. And we do have uh, indications of that. You know, we, we've seen so many times, I believe, and this is, again, my opinion, where, uh, you know, I've seen people stand and pray and believe for knowing great uh, hurricanes or, or forces of nature that, that were producing calamities were, was coming. And you could see that, you know, all of a sudden a storm turns a certain way and goes out to sea and away from a certain island or, or, or islands or an inland, um, or it maybe has less effect than it potentially could have. And, and that's, I believe, the result of, of, of miracles and, and, and comes from people standing in faith and believing and, and with prayer. But there are people who I know who are standing in faith and believing for these things. So these gifts of miraculous powers are present. I remember years ago seeing in a, um, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. I can't remember the name of the event. But at any rate, it was a, um, uh, a gentleman who could not speak for years. And he had like a, almost like a tracheotomy where, you know, he did that deep, deep rasp in the middle of the service as he's speaking, the Lord moved on him. Nobody said it was coming. Nobody did anything. It was just, and all of a sudden that gravelly type talk. And as he's talking, it started to enunciate better and better. So it went like this and this and this and this to the point where, boom, he's speaking. And I was in there and and the people were just like, whoa, what just happened? And it was, you know, this empowered people. It built up their faith. It trusted it could have been many others, you know, in there in that service um, that, that, that were impacted beyond what I, you know, what I would know. But I, I guess, you know, I, I just want to emphasize in, in, in my observations and my belief and my opinion that these are things that we see today that are enacted in the body today and available today. And again, not necessarily for everybody, but one or more of these are available. God has you earmarked for it and and you just have to learn to trust him you know for when and how that would come. So why miracles? Uh, and, and you know it provides supernatural provision. It, it, it provides supernatural deliverance and it gives testimony, bears out witness to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus, give you more examples of miracles, when he turned the water into wine. That was his first miracle. That was the uh, uh, indoctrination, maybe that's not the right word, into his ministry. How about when he fed the 5,000 twice and they had food left over? Uh, The blind man receives his sight in John 9. And then, you know, as I said about earlier with Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, then if you flip over to his disciples, uh, the power enabling the lame man to walk, Acts 3, the judgment in the church when uh, Ananias and Sapphira were lying to Holy Spirit about finances, and, and they were knocked dead, and, and that's a miracle. Um, and, and even Peter told uh, Sapphira, I'm sorry, um, that she would die just as her husband Ananias did, and boom, she did. Um it, you know, you you have uh, uh, indications in Acts five seventeen where disciples they're miraculously released from prison. Uh, the raising of the dead, Tabitha in Acts nine thirty six through through forty two, 
So that's, you know, raising of the dead outside of Jesus. I'm going to give you another example. Let's go to what I would consider modern day, the last hundred years. Uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, you know, a great evangelist and, and minister of the gospel. You know, m- many people, you're probably very familiar with him. His ministry accounted for 14 people that were raised from the dead. 14. And and, and it's been documented medically. Uh, there, there was also um, uh, Stephen Jeffries, where he had a ministry in, in, in the 20th century, where they said they were there, that an eye had come out where there was none. A gentleman had, I'm not sure if that was a man or a woman, I can't, I can't recall. Um, but at any rate, there was no eye there. And, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the eye forms. That's a miracle. That's a healing mir- a miracle. Uh, so, a, again, present today, tomorrow, the next day, Holy Spirit's with you or available to you. I'll put it that way. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm going to leave it at that. These are the three gifts that I see, faith, healing, and miracles. I've given you accounts of, of, of Old Testament, New Testament, practical examples of what we can do today, how we can move today, the purposes of it, and, and, and also examples of what we can see in modern day times of this actually happening. I hope and trust that, that you've, you, you've, you've got something out of it. I want to thank my special guest, Holy Spirit. Uh, this, you know, I, I hope as I spoke the word of God, it goes forth, it does not return void, it falls into you, falls on your ears, hopefully builds up your faith, strengthens you. That's my hope. Um, and, and, and I'm going to trust and believe God that that happened. If you have any questions, comments, please email me, russicoutlook at gmail.com. I just want to thank you again for your time. Very, always very appreciative of that. Uh, You've been listening to the Russick Outlook. My name is Mark Russick. And remember, as always, just my opinion.